Hello and welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutor. And we have no guest because it is a special, one of our regular specials where we talk about some of our favourite podcasts around a specific genre. And this is like uh, a special special, a special squared if you will, um, because uh, instead of both of us talking about our favourite podcasts around a specific genre. Jack is just talking about his favourite podcasts around a specific genre, which I have listened to, and then we'll discuss. So it's kind of like, yeah, just a two-person episode party, really, but with only three recommendations. I'm <laughs> underselling this massively. It's going to be great. It'll be fine. But basically, it's not through sheer laziness on my part. It's because we decided to do TV and film, to which I said to Jack, I don't, I don't actually listen to any TV or film podcasts. And so I took it as an opportunity to get a good education in what a TV or film podcast could be and kind of what the kind of spectrum is of TV and film podcast offerings out there. And uh, luckily for me, Jack does listen to TV and film podcasts, so has some wicked cool great suggestions which he's going to fire at me um which sounds kind of frantic but it won't be <laughs> and uh we'll chat about them and we'll we'll talk about all our contact details and at the stuff at the end but if you have a tv or film podcast that you think we should listen to please do let us know jack talk to me before before you dive into recommendation one can you kind of explain the appeal of tv and film podcasts because i feel like i mean you could argue this about any type of podcast that explains or talks about anything in popular culture but it's one of those things you know like how i think was it elvis that said talking about music's like dancing about architecture so oscar like, wild i think or something yeah oh, it wouldn't have been elvis would it misquoting <laughs> that is people very here. poetic for elvis yeah um if it was Elvis, then that'd be great. But if it's Oscar Wilde, then even better, I suppose. Um, and I sort of buy into that, but I also think that's a load of bull, really, because like it's cool to talk about anything people like. But like, what specifically for you do, do you love about it? Yeah, I mean, I guess this podcast exists in order to talk about things that exist out in the world, doesn't it? So, I, well, I would like to just quickly check with you. Why don't you listen to them? So I think you alluded to it there, the fact that you watch them, you enjoy them, and I guess you don't feel the need then to go and have a conversation about them afterwards or like or hear other people having a conversation about them afterwards. What's the what's the deal for you? I don't know. I, I think it's tricky in that I think it's partly just uh, just an unexplored area for me. I think it's partly just that. I think it's partly just one of those areas of podcasts and, you know, parts of a discover section of a podcast app that I've never really ventured into. And I think I've just got hobbies that i care about more that i want to hear more of mm-hmm. whereas with a film or even a tv show i feel pretty fulfilled just watching the film or tv show i'm also pretty bad at like keeping up to date with stuff so i tend to watch things six months i still haven't seen breaking bad i don't know what goes on no that. same um, but in general i you know i think you're a little bit more up to date especially with films and stuff like that especially with 
more avant-garde or left field films or anything independent you seem to be a little bit more on it than i am as much as i enjoy it and um yeah i think where i'm a bit slow as well it doesn't lend itself well to having like a <laughs> weekly podcast about films that i'm four weeks behind on so it's not it's not that it doesn't appeal to me in the sense of oh god i couldn't imagine anything worse than listening to people talking about these things because actually there there are some recommendations you gave that i really enjoyed mm. um spoiler we'll get on to that though yeah. um but I think I think it's just an un, unexplored area for me. So I, I did I came into it with a pretty open mind, really. But yeah, I, I'm still I'm still intrigued as to what kind of specific things you love about them. Yeah, I think it depends on the the TV show or the film. So I feel like I probably need to be invested in whatever it is I'm listening about. I don't know if that's particularly obvious and in fact that's the case most of the time there are some exceptions which we will get onto later in the discussion but particularly with tv podcasts i'm not someone who watches a load of tv but i sometimes get deeply into a series and watch it all the way through quite quickly so for example i mean this is a perfect example twin peaks i decided to watch twin peaks maybe about six months back when I'd moved to Cheltenham away from a lot of Bournemouth friends who were obsessed with Twin Peaks. And so I really missed the opportunity to discuss it with people and friends in real time, particularly when the new series was coming out, because that had a lot of open-ended, very strange episodes, which really, it would have been a, a lot of fun to pass those with, you know, my compatriots and just swap theories. And uh, instead podcasting exists and i think this is one of the utilities of podcasting where it really comes into its own if you crave that kind of post tv show discussion where you're like what the hell was that i want to figure this out and i want to have other people sort of unraveling their thoughts on what they've just seen podcasting is wonderful for that where do you get that in radio you you've got websites that cater for that in the written form but where do you get that uh, casual discussion about stuff where people are free to unravel and rebound ideas off each other in a studio so for twin peaks that one was very you know was very useful i i'm someone who dives into film and tv trivia um i've find it so enriching to understand those little tiny easter eggs and the tiny details which imbue the film with so much more meaning once you understand what's going on like having watched get out and then reading three or four articles about it i was like oh my word there is so much more going on here than i first realized so i am someone who immediately after the film or tv show finishes I want to know more about it and I want to see where people are coming from. And maybe that's part of my, you know, journalistic background as a, a music writer in that, you know, I, I see a lot of value in hearing people's perspectives as the perceiver, as the person who's trying to comprehend what they're seeing and they're perceiving. But anyway, that's a lot of ramble and I'm sure there's much more ramble to come. Shall we get into the first of my recommendations, Freds? Yeah, let's do that. So the first one is one of... I think feel like I say this all the time, but one of the very first podcasts that I got into, like very, very first, back when I you know had about two on my iPod. And this is uh, 
Kermode and Mayo's film review. And Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo, so Mark Kermode being a um, very renowned film critic and Simon Mayo being a broadcaster who does a number of shows on Radio 2 and uh, this particular show with Kermode broadcasts on 5 Live. So they get together every Friday and they talk about the latest releases, uh, they go through the top 10, Mark reviews all the new films and they have a lot of discussion as well. Uh, they witter on, hence the show's nickname Wittertainment. The show is long nowadays. It used to be, I think, about an hour. Uh, now they do a two-hour show, but also on the podcast edition, they flesh it out by doing a bit of recording before the show is broadcast and also afterwards as well, where they're just kind of wittering on a bit more. And through that conversation that they've been having like well upwards of a decade now, have accumulated a real cult following so many in-jokes so much material that they brewed up between themselves which is um, shared with their listenership I mean listening back actually so when I recommended this podcast to you Freds I listened back for the first time in a while to this show because I I go through these phases of listening and not listening and suddenly I was had fresh ears and could hear all of those little in-jokes dropping in so the fact they call it wittertainment the fact that all listeners when they write in um, put their educational credentials after their name uh, references to the six laugh test which is a test for comedy films if you laugh out loud six times references to the code of conduct as well there's a lot here which i think if you're coming in cold may go over your head and may uh, i suspect this is going to come up because we talked about it before we turned the mics on but may make the duration kind of great on you a bit if it's like okay why are they still talking about this stuff but basically i find mark commode just the most invigorating person to listen to talking about films like as a critic i just think he's so animated i mean i feel like you can really smell the cinema when he's talking like he clearly loves the cinematic experience he weaves in all of these references to other films as he's talking but then before he gets too film nerdy he has simon mayo there the two of them have this incredible chemistry but simon mayo drags him back down to earth tells him that he's being a bit of a film snob and really tries to side with the you know the, the listener really uh, as someone who's just a layperson trying to make sense of it he calls him out when he's getting too up his own expertise but he is an absolute joy to listen to i mean the one uh, that i selected uh, there were reviews of deadpool 2 um gosh on chesil beach i think and a variety of films actually i'm glad i picked this one i hadn't heard it before i recommended it actually but you know of mark expressing opinions on films he didn't like and films that he did and i think he imbues reviews you know negative reviews and positive reviews with that same enthusiasm each time he's clearly like super invested in film regardless of whether or not he likes it also i think simon mayer who interviews ian mckellen in this podcast simon tends to do the interviews i think is so adept as an interviewer clearly asks interesting questions which open up his interviewee i'm sure it helps if you're sat on ian mckellen's couch and drinking tea with him that definitely brings an intimate vibe but i think also simon's questioning was a lot to do with the depth they got into with that interview so i really love this podcast uh i think their chemistry is wonderful it's got a very british sense of humor a lot about being proper 
the proper thing to to do in cinema so the code of conduct the proper way to pronounce things and like it's quite quaint but i think it's self-aware enough that it gets away with it freddie what did you think of this one going in as as i understand it as like a first time listener to this yeah well i mean let's let's get the kind of elephant in the room out the way first which is the length of this podcast which yes. i said just before the mics came on kind of breached my limits of how long i could listen to two people talk about film before <laughs> um and there's nothing wrong with that in the sense that that is purely down to my own personal taste in which that i just can't my my brain just can't cope with the idea of listening to two hours of, of people people talking about the you know the same subject pretty much just in a room together with you know with the exception of the ian mckellen interview which was excellent we'll get onto that mm. so you know i think you know when we were chatting about it earlier in the week i said oh i'm you know part of the way through it and you kind of said to me well you know if you don't listen to it all i wouldn't grudge you for it <laughs> it's okay um and i think i think it probably is one of those things in the same way that i can listen to two hours of do by friday and i don't think you could necessarily always sit through two hours of do by friday no i think the more you get into a podcast like that especially when you do understand all the in jokes and you you get that sense of humor and you feel like you are in the room with them and you're a friend with them and you're sitting around the table in the pub with them i think you your tolerance for that kind of length of a podcast goes up that being said, I felt like I did give it a good go, and I definitely got well over an hour into it. Um, I really, really enjoyed the interview with Ian McKellen. Um, I just wish it was longer. I just wish there was more of it. I feel mm-hmm. like I'd love to hear more of that. I mean, I'd, I'd have loved it if he was, you know, in the room with both of them, as opposed to just with Simon Mayo. Mm. Um, but, I mean, these are all, like, criticisms that aren't really criticisms, because what actually happened was just as brilliant, and I still loved it and enjoyed it. Um, and I think it's only kind of more... It's less a criticism or a compliment when you can say, I just wish that thing was longer. Yeah. Especially when you've just moaned about the podcast being too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I guess it's, it's one of those weird ones, isn't it, where I think, you know, you're talking about it having that very British sense of humour and that very quaint uh, style to it when they're talking about properness and all the rest of it and i think that's very much a product of its location in that it's actually a five live show that's kind of extracted from the radio and then topped and tailed to turn into a podcast and i don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily obviously it's sometimes a little bit jarring when they talk about the news coming up and you're like i'm not gonna listen to the news in the next <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes that's not happening i'm, I'm listening to a podcast in my car mate like uh, there's nothing there's nothing you know there's no news coming up but apart from that you know i think i think it is very much a product of of it being a part of five live of being a part of the bbc and we've talked about the bbc before about you know imbuing a particular style and a particular uh, culture upon its presenters and i think that's very much a product of it and again you know picking up on what you said i think the you know the chemistry between the two of them is brilliant i think they they do play off each other very well yeah i like the way that simon mayo tempers the review and you know brings it kind of back down to reality and kind of sticks up for the for the man i guess and yeah you know i think it's good because it kind of Playing devil's advocate like that is a really nice thing when, you know, film reviewers, rightly or wrongly and quite often rightly, uh, do get kind of slated for being snobbish and, you know, not being in tune with reality in terms of what people like and what people don't like. You know, I think it's like anything that you go off and be a critic of. Um, Being a critic of something often elevates you to a slightly different position as to, you know, how everyone else perhaps enjoys something. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, in general, I I struggle with, with all kind of reviewing of any kind of cultural medium, which is that it's trying to find a fit in terms of 
which critics do you agree with which ones do you disagree with and that takes time because you have to kind of read reviews and go away and then watch the thing that's been reviewed or you have to watch the thing that's been reviewed and then go and read the review afterwards and kind of think well i don't necessarily agree with that or you think actually no that's a really fair point Hmm. and then you kind of build that kind of level of trust with them I guess. And I, I wonder, Jack, if that's something you've been able to do with Mark Kermode. I definitely have. I don't think... I, it's interesting, actually, the viewpoint that you're coming from where you're, you, you, there's a labour involved in getting to know a reviewer that you trust and like. I mean, it's something that, for me, is a byproduct of engaging with their work in the sense that I don't really have any other reviewers to whom I turn and say, okay, I'm going to listen to them as like a filter for taste or or for things that I I might like. Uh, I mean, with Kermode, I just, there have been phases in my life where I've suddenly listened to a lot of his film review show. And then um, Lizzie, my partner has been like, I can tell you're in a Kermode phase because you want to see all of these films. And I bet you just want to see him because Kermode recommended it. And I'm like, absolutely, because the way he talks about it makes it sound (laughs) so incredibly exciting. But I mean, for example, I I can listen to him review stuff. I think maybe this is because I do review stuff as as well. And I, I think just hearing about the way in which someone is passing their thoughts into something that's coherent especially when you're talking about something that's as sprawling as a film you've got so much to ingest there's so many ways of slicing it you've got editing performances duration story um when he's talking about that film is it jeune femme i don't know if you got to that point freds but it's like um yeah yeah uh, just the way that he discussed that film and took apart its themes uh, based you know and uh, use some of the shots uh, as ways in which to explain the larger theme pick those out and made them uh, what i found so immediate and so visceral which you know for uh, what sounded like quite an obscure film just such an incredible art yeah, so I, I just, I, I'm really drawn to the way that he talks about films. And I think this is one where, uh, unlike at the start where I said generally you have to be invested in the material itself, I don't with Kermode. I would listen to it week by week. And rather than listening to something to hear a discussion about something I've already seen, used it in order to sort of, uh, a lot of the time to be like, okay, what sounds like it's going to pique my interest? And I also, as, as well, a, a point actually, because you mentioned about uh, the way in which critics approach films, which I think is definitely the case with Kermode in that he approaches films from a critical perspective and not in a way that's just like I liked it I didn't like it but he also does the strangest things where sometimes he loves Minions for example and he loves that from the perspective of just being someone who is basically a big kid or has kids and can see that sense of humor as well has the most Mm. ridiculous sense of humor so I think a lot of the time his decision over what films that he likes can be quite selfish and almost like surface level when they need to be i think he does kind of oscillate between sort of depth and just being like okay i'm out for a big stupid action film or a big stupid laugh yeah which is interesting because he didn't like deadpool 2 yeah he was not which, then, because he wanted less depth and more shallow laughing yeah i suppose so and i think i think there's uh, it, you could tell that as they were as the kind of simon mayer was was reading out these listener reviews he was becoming more and more irate with people who hailed it as a, a triumph of a sequel yes and you know i i, I do kind of get his point which is that and i don't i mean let's, let's not review a film i've never seen but like <laughs> i do get the point which is like the, the more people try and imbue some academic academic kind of triumph to a film that is essentially a superhero film with more jokes and kind of profanity like yeah. 
you know it's it, it is what it is kind of thing and i i kind of do get that and i guess for him it wasn't what it should have been yeah um which I do sign it, sign again, but I mean uh, the minions things kind of really thrown me. So I don't know what to think about that. To be honest, Jack. Well, he just come out of nowhere. Sometimes you're just like he's going to hate this because uh, you know it. It just doesn't fit into your perception of him. But sometimes he'll just you know throw you for a loop, and you'll be like, oh, okay, actually, I'm getting to know what this guy likes and doesn't like. He's very genre agnostic. He'll yeah. give anything a chance. It's not like he hates sci-fi or hates romance. Like he'll give anything a pump which i think is really great but also i think very inspiring it makes me think okay i i'm not going to dismiss twilight for example he's a huge fan of the twilight saga mm. um yeah so okay interesting like and do you know what i think it's it, that was a very interesting podcast for for me to to have brought up and to get your opinion on freds because you know the, the the other people in my life who listen to this podcast have all listened to it for about as long as I have. So <laughs> my dad, uh, you know, my friend, yeah. a couple of my friends as well, and so we just talk about what's been talked about rather right. than talking about whether or not we like it. Should we go to our second recommendation? So yes, our first TV recommendation. So what I've done here um, is uh, two film ones and one TV one. The TV one I wanted to talk about to bring up the larger topic of these podcasts exist. If you like a TV show, you can bet that there's probably a podcast which dissects every episode one by one. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens with Four Finger Discount, which is a podcast all about The Simpsons. It's two Australians, uh, Dando and Mitch, talking through every episode from the very start of The Simpsons all the way through. I think they're on Series 7 at the time that we're recording this. And they just run through the narrative of every single episode. They talk about the background of how it was written. They pick out every single joke that's said. And they say it to each other and laugh way too much to my ears but i think they're genuinely getting a lot of enjoyment out of hearing these jokes again um and then they swap trivia um i mean their love for the program is so incredibly clear the episode that i picked up was about marge versus the monorail which is an episode which i mean i don't know what your relationship's like with the simpsons freds in fact that's probably something that's worth establishing from the off here i bloody love that episode <laughs> yeah right exactly and i don't know about you but it's ingrained in my childhood beyond the point where i can critically appraise it like a lot of these early series basically anything up to series eight or something Mm. i can't distinguish my opinions from just the full rush of nostalgia i get from watching them and so while these guys love the show it's not like a completely unconditional love there's points of the show uh, and points of this episode rather that they do have issues with they take issue with uh, and they talk about very critically which i think is really fascinating to listen to but this is a podcast that again it's not one i listen to week by week but sometimes i'll just pick out an episode where i'm like do you know what i got a lot from that episode of the simpsons and because there's so many in jokes tiny gags and things that you are definitely going to miss it's amazing to hear people diving in so deep and doing all the hard work so you don't have to and extracting those jokes and bringing them back up to the surface and also as well just hearing two people and i feel like i say this every bloody week but just hearing two people with such just a 
utter love for what they're talking about and their love for the show um it's a joy to share their company when they're doing that but so like i say twin peaks rewatch is another one that i listen to which is in a similar vein where they appraise each episode one by one that one's actually by the guys from the idle thumbs network who do mm. important if true as well what do you think freds i really really liked this um i I am a good fan of The Simpsons. I wouldn't say the best fan of The Simpsons, not in the sense that there's any part of it I don't like, just that I haven't watched every episode, and I certainly haven't kept up with the more recent and more modern episodes, Yeah, um, which I, I think, you know, they'll have a lot to say about when they get to, I'm sure, but they're um, they're less good. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, Christ, um, yeah. You know, it's, it's never going to be the same. But I actually really, really enjoyed this, and I got kind of like, once I kind of got the premise of the show, I was like gosh does this have legs like do people right and 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 this is this is my kind of discovery and this is exactly what you were just saying which is that this is a thing that people do uh, this shouldn't surprise me we're 30 episodes into episode party would be probably about 35 or so by the time this comes out and um and i'm still shocked that you know there's an entire podcast dedicated to just two people running through every single second of every episode of the simpsons yeah um but i really really enjoyed, loved it i think it helped that you probably picked my my favorite simpsons episode oh right that's your favorite one i think so it's probably the most memorable to me and in fact i had a friend at secondary school a guy called chris green i don't think he listens but if he does hi chris, hi, chris. um he he we we bonded in a history lesson over talking about marge and the monorail and specifically the moment where homer laughs at the word mule um and we we, to the point where i think one of us had the nickname of mule um or at least we we it became kind of common parlance between the two of us so that episode has kind of like you know holds good memories for me and uh it was it was kind of interesting and and lovely to to kind of hear that whole episode played out again because i haven't watched it in ages and yeah, I think you're right. There's a real pleasure in hearing two people who clearly love the show, but love it in the sense of not unconditional love, which is sometimes a bit naive and a bit silly, but uh, a love that, you know, it recognises its flaws at times. Totally. Um, and is willing to p- call out when it's crap. Like, I think that's, the, you know, it's a hallmark of being like a, a really good friend, isn't it? It's it's like, you know, you, you, you care about someone because of how great you think they are and all the things they do that are good, but... If they don't do something good, you're not afraid to call them out for that. And I think, you know, that's that that is the kind of key to success, I guess, in in this, he says, having only ever listened to two TV and film podcasts. <laughs> but I guess it is that, isn't it? It's is there's a fine line between being a fan of something and just being like fanatical about it to the point where it's uh, nauseating how much you love something. Totally. You know? And being a fan of something and not being nauseating is about being able to recognize when something isn't as good as it could be yeah or when it's kind of let itself down and um luckily i think they picked an you know again it's it's, it's an episode that doesn't let itself down too much uh, you know like i say at the beginning i kind of questioned how much i'd enjoy listening it listening to it being broken down in such a level of detail but yeah i actually did and um you know it was just lovely actually to kind of it was. It almost felt like an audio description in the sense that I could um, 
play it back in my head and visualize it all and uh, you know i like that they kind of casually slip into the accents and stuff like that as well they're actually quite hot on the impressions without probably really trying yeah <laughs> i think how could you not be if you were like constantly thinking about these things yeah um i like that i liked the trivia i had no idea that conan o'brien wrote this yes! episode which probably explains a lot about why i like it because i like his i like his kind of style and i like the way he um he does things so that explains a lot and it's and i think you know as they said it's probably really sad that he went off and actually became way more famous because he'd have been a great writer to continue working on the simpsons (laughs) so yeah i mean there was there was all those kind of little moments where i was like actually that's really funny i quite enjoyed that and you know just finding out like little things about the show that i i didn't know um that you know i imagine that people who are bigger fans of the simpsons would know but then i imagine if you're a bigger fan of the simpsons you probably enjoy it just as much as if not more than i had so i can safely say that i got through the entire episode which is oh, which right. is good yeah um, good. even though it's you know it's relatively long it's not a short podcast is it you know considering how long how short an episode of the simpsons is it's not a short podcast you know they they do really get into detail about stuff and labor it and i like the kind of very minor tangents they go off on yeah. at times you know the bit where they ponder whether like a whole town would ever gather in one building for a town hall meeting yeah and they talk about the size of towns that they've visited <laughs> you know i kind of enjoyed that as kind of like minor asides because it is a weird little like without trying to like make it sound cleverer than it is it is like kind of like weird reality check on what is effectively all fictitious like it's nice to, to, to for someone to go yeah but would that really happen and the other guy goes well actually yeah um, <laughs> yeah so i kind of enjoyed that in a weird little way because there are points in the simpsons where you think yeah would that really happen and then you know sometimes that checks out and sometimes it really doesn't but um specifically like the octopus tree and stuff like that i'm not quite <laughs> sure maybe it does maybe it's covered up well but um yeah i i did really really enjoy it on this on this one would I listen to, like, every single episode? Probably not, because I don't like The Simpsons that much. No. But I know there are people who do really, really love The Simpsons. So, you know, I'm thinking Ben and Christine, our friends Ben and Christine. I'm just name-checking a lot of our own friends. This is not good yeah. podcasting. <laughs> We've got Sorry, a lot of friends. Um, everyone else who listens. Um, but, um, yeah, I imagine, I imagine, I kind of picture them in mind as people who are, are who are pretty big fans of The Simpsons who probably really, really enjoy this if they're not listening already. So, yeah. consider that a personal recommendation, Ben and Chris. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> episode's all for you. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of thing like where, you know, they talk about the fact that I think this, it's been a while since I listened to this particular episode. I think they talk about Marge doing a monologue at the end being an unusual facet of a Simpsons episode or an unusual decision. And that's the kind of thing where I was like, yeah, do you know what? I never even processed that. That they have, uh, you know, by this point, certain narrative tropes. I mean, obviously, as well with The Simpsons, you know, a pair of writers will generally take responsibility for an entire series. And right. th- being able to listen to people, be able to pick apart the nuances and the idiosyncrasies of each you know an individual writing combo or a particular writer i think is something that you kind of overlook as a casual fan you know you get swamped by just the fact that it's the simpsons but again uh, just to have this very critical dissection and i just i'm really into it and to be honest as well it's it's got me into a stage where if i do watch a tv show I will generally now check to see if there's a podcast about it where I can dig down into it a bit more. And so far, I've been unsuccessful. Do you know, well, there's there's not a podcast about the UK version of The Office, but there are several about the US version. Um, wow, that's... We probably ought to just start one. 
<laughs> yeah, it would just tack on onto the list. I'm kind of not kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be amazing, and that's the thing. That's but but also as well. I think listening to this podcast about the Simpsons made me think about how I mean, you and I, Freds, uh, bonded and continue to bond a lot over a shared love of the English version of The Office. Right. Sometimes we'll just trade lines and enjoy the shared recognition of a joke from that TV show. And in yes. fact, if ever I encounter someone in my life where they drop an office joke in and hope someone gets it, you know, they instantly earn my respect. But I think there's a lot to be said for just that shared recognition of something funny, which is really enriching in itself. And that's a lot of what they're feeding off in this show. It's just like we both watched that last night. Let's just relive the moment where we laughed at that originally. And that's where that's coming from, just between two friends shooting mm. their back and forth. And that's, in my opinion, just quite lovely. Any any more thoughts on that one, Freds? I mean, do you feel like this is something that maybe, you know, a style of podcasting that might have some kind of utility to you? I mean, what I should say as well is that, I mean, we had Kathy Campbell on recently. She hosts Sestracast, which is about mm. the sci-fi thriller Orphan Black. There's like loads of, you know, there's a few really big TV podcasts. So like Thronecast about Game of Thrones and stuff like that. So, or, or um, one called What a Cartoon, which is just reviews of cartoons from across i mean all kinds of cartoons so they'll do a dexter's lab they'll do a family guy they'll do a johnny bravo you know blah 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 but can you see this kind of podcast with this sort of utility fitting into your life anywhere i'm simultaneously disappointed and exciting that uh that a uk office podcast doesn't exist right now yeah i wish it did and i feel like if it did i would listen to every episode and love it and the fact that it doesn't just makes me want to put it into the world because i feel like (laughs) there must be other people like us who would appreciate it well i should say actually i uh did a search for office uk podcast on DuckDuckGo, which you know, doesn't always come up with the goods. So, if you're listening and you know of a UK office podcast, um, you can tweet us at episode underscore party. Or if you want to start one, you can also do that because we probably do it with you. So, our final recommendation. You ready for this? So ready. So, this is in fact another one which probably spawned from a recommendation that you gave me. So, this is Truth and Movies, which is a. Uh, podcast from little white lies which is a film magazine and website i'm pretty sure you turned me on to little white lies because it's a beautiful magazine it's uh, you know all of their front covers are like hand illustrated or i don't think they're all hand illustrated but they're all illustrations of you know the movie that's being featured in the magazine that week like the main feature Mm -hmm. and they all look incredible like i always double take if i see it in smiths or something because they're just wonderful and the pages feel nice and anyway little white lies also has a podcast called truth and movies which i think actually managed to manages to uh, transpose the kind of atmosphere i get reading little white lies into a discussion podcast about films which lands around the 40 to 50 minute mark so it's a lot more concise than kermode and mayo they generally talk about two new films each week and then also do something called um film club where they revive like an old film that deserves revisiting to talk about it again 
And the main host brings on a rotating cast of people who join into a discussion about each film. They share thoughts on the film, back and forth. It's got a very casual atmosphere. They clearly know their stuff. But I I find compared to something like Kermo de Mayo, the analysis is not quite as like in-depth and drenched in references to other films and film history it's a bit more kind of what you know you and i might discuss as we come out the cinema albeit with uh, you know backed by a bit more expertise but it feels very relatable it feels like you could almost chime in into the discussion quite comfortably Mm. um the episode that i picked was actually one that was the was the first one i listened to of this podcast they reviewed atomic blonde which i haven't seen uh, a ghost story which i have and then they spoke to david lowry who's the director of a ghost story about under the skin by jonathan glazier i've seen that as well so I enjoyed listening to all three reviews again like I didn't need to uh, have seen Atomic Blonde to actually enjoy their analysis of a film and contemplate whether I might want to see it I enjoyed their appraisal of a ghost story which is a really tangly film and the exact kind of film that I want to hear a autopsy on after it's finished um, because there's just so many different theories that you could throw back and forth and I'm glad that there's a podcast like this which unlike Kermit Mayo, has multiple voices that can say I like this bit this bit felt redundant to me I felt this bit was actually my favorite part of the film blah 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 and they can disagree with each other and there's a bit of friction there that's something that's very nice to explore there's a good sense of humor to it as well I feel like uh, it's got a kind of like faux smugness which I'm kind of into and can probably be guilty of myself sometimes <laughs> so yeah i, I mean I, I find it really interesting also as well i should say i think their scoring system is absolutely wonderful mm. and i think as well when they talk about a ghost story so they they, they do um scores out of five for anticipation then uh, enjoyment and then retrospect so their uh, thoughts going in at the time and then afterwards which is just I, I think just such a unique and interesting way to approach film critique what did you think freddie yeah this one was a real hit like a real real hit yeah it helps like you say that little white lies was a magazine that i did likely recommend to you it was one of the first um independent magazines i think i ever picked up it's made by a small company called the church of london who are based unsurprisingly in london and i don't know how big they are now but uh, when i first discovered them they were a relatively small operation and for a long time my dream job was to go and work for the church of london on little white lies and not being like a like a massive film critic or someone that watches every film that felt a bit ridiculous but I, i i i think they produce such a wonderful wonderful publication and you know it largely spurred on a lot of my interest in magazines and magazine making which which led to a bit of my career and everything else so i have a lot to thank them for and they and they continue to produce an absolutely stunning magazine and if you're listening to the podcast and you or have listened to the pod little white lies podcast if you listen to truth and movies or even if you haven't i totally recommend going and finding a copy of little white lies in uh wherever sells really good magazines where you are or ordering one online because i think one they're worth supporting and it's a great way to probably support the podcast but two it's just a beautiful magazine and if you liked the way that they review film in the podcast you you will love the magazine and the way that they approach the magazine I mean, it was always going to be a hit because I like the way that they review film in Little White Lies, in the magazine. And I love the scoring system. You've mentioned the scoring system. I think it's 
what every film scoring system should be based on because I think it does really adequately capture how contradictory sometimes your feelings can be about film you know you can you can go in super excited about a film kind of enjoy it all the way through and leave really disappointed or you can go into a film not really knowing what to expect and feeling apprehensive and sort of enjoying it and then coming out and kind of you know in the next few days thinking actually that was really good and then giving it another go and liking it even more you know it's not as straightforward as saying here is five stars that covers my entire range of emotions about this thing yes you know it 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 just doesn't and you know i think there's an argument for doing it with albums as well perhaps um you know gigs i think you know live performances of anything really you know you could you could arguably apply the anticipation enjoyment and retrospect scoring system too and i think i'm focusing quite a lot on very specific things here that aren't uh, unique to the podcast but i think it's fair to say that the podcast is very much true to the magazine yeah, and true totally. to the writing of the magazine as well i think they have a way of reviewing film and talking about film that i really like i don't think it's too polarizing which i enjoy i think it's as objective of something that is completely subjective can be in that they try and find merits in things where possible and when they don't they're not you know disparaging of it to the point where it becomes its own kind of form of entertainment you know they're not like trying to you know they're not feeding stuff to their lions here they're, they're just giving a very honest opinion sometimes that's brutal and sometimes they turn around and go yeah this is rubbish and it didn't hold up at all but <laughs> they don't do it in a way that feels like that they're kicking a film down for sport if no. that makes sense they don't feel it doesn't feel like they're trying to score points by being mean about something no it just feels very honest um and i i like that i like that about them the podcast itself i really really enjoyed the format of um the length was pretty much perfect for me and i you know it shouldn't really matter how long something is i listen to loads of podcasts that are two hours long and i listen to podcasts that are 20 minutes long and love them equally but in terms of this kind of thing i really really enjoyed it and actually it was kind of one of those moments where it finished i went oh Ah, it's over. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, like, not in a way that I was super disappointed and wished it was two hours longer. Just that I was like, actually, perfect. That's great. And, like, I feel like I got enough out of it in the time that they gave it. Which I think, you know, is a skill in itself. Because I think there are podcasts and there are films and there are albums and all the rest of it that could be shorter than they are. And, you know, it's down to whoever's producing it to to go, actually, this is kind of what length it should be yeah i really really like the format i like that they go back to an old film although under the skin isn't tremendously old is it it's what how three years i reckon yeah so not like really old no but was it because sorry what's the director's da- name david lowry or was it because he chose it yes more than more than like them choosing like a classic film for example yeah i don't i don't know what do they do more classic films normally yes they do yeah so uh in one i was listening to recently i mean they did one not too much older you know not talking ancient but they talked about hook was in their classic film club right. steven spielberg film which i yes. thought was absolutely fascinating in fact any discussion on hook i've just found so interesting because it's spielberg's film that gets properly lambasted the most uh, right. he seems to have the most conflicted opinions on but a lot of people have very much woven into their childhood and so i i think definitely this is something that i think you've pretty much brought up fred's but 
this feels like a podcast that keeps itself in check and whether that's mm. through having other voices in the room who will disagree and say for example uh, you know, i listened to a, a, a um, review they did of isle of dogs the other day which yeah. i loved but yes really fascinating to hear the opinions of people who just didn't connect with it and i thought there was a lot of legitimacy in those arguments and those arguments were listened to as well by the other people and taken on board and uh, and responded to as well it wasn't people shouting each other down but I mean, the scoring system as well is a way of saying we are fallible. I think critical judgment on, you know, cultural artifacts can often be very assertive. You think of how Pitchfork are are, are kind of declared if they give a score to something, then that's its score. Despite the fact it's on a website, you know, where things are a bit more ephemeral. Mm. The score is the score. I love that Little White Lies has this thing where they can say, I was wrong. You know, I was wrong to be this Excited, or I was wrong to think I didn't enjoy it and actually you know over time my mind was changed and it just mm. loosens that declarative grip that criticism can have so I think if anyone's looking for a film podcast that doesn't feel like it's trying to tell you what to like but rather trying to invite you into the discussion then this is a really good podcast for that yeah I I think you've just nailed it in terms of why I like what it does. It just feels so much more considered. And I think you're right, having more than one person in the room who has paid attention to the thing that's being reviewed and has their own opinion on it and is willing to disagree or agree with the person who's primarily talking about it makes a big difference. Because I think one of the problems with any kind of critique of any kind of cultural medium is that it often comes from one person. Yes. And it just feels like, well, that's your opinion. And it's like, well, yeah, because that's what they're paid to do. They're, of course, they're, they're, you know, of course, they're giving their opinion. Like, we won't give anyone else's because that's what they're literally being paid to give their opinion. But I think it's nice that it acknowledges that these things aren't black and white. Yes, there are films that are, you know, universally applauded or universally trashed because they're terrible. But you know most films um you know people come out and largely feel the same about but there will always be a few people that disagree and it's good to hear those thoughts and opinions um you know i think i always remember back to la la land which i enjoyed on a very superficial level and then i i spoke to uh a, a friend of mine here we go again a friend of mine uh, a guy called harry harris who i don't know if he listens or not but he is um, hi, harry. A, hi harry he's a wonderful writer and um he he made some really really good points about la la land uh, critical points which i just hadn't thought of and you know it, it sort of changed my opinion of it not entirely but it, it did make me think differently and i think that's a really really good thing and i think that's something that um little white lies in general captures very well but specifically on the podcast like you say it it works especially well because you don't tend to get co-written reviews by two or three reviewers you know where people kind of sound off against each other and disagree yeah i haven't seen it maybe maybe someone should do it but um you know in a podcast format it works incredibly well yeah totally and as well i think what we're coming down to here is the fact that what podcasting allows for is just having different ways to slice films i mean i've made a little list of other film podcasts which i think we're going to get 
tweet it at if we don't mention or at Go least on. acknowledge they exist. But I mean, for example, there's the Flop House, which is a, a huge podcast mm. that has a, again a cult following, uh, which is all about bad films or films that are seen to be bad. Often, right. you know, they come to the same conclusion, but a lot of the time, they actually find a lot of legitimate enjoyment in watching these films and. Again, it's just sort of lifting that sort of weight of um, critical disdain that can sometimes fall on things. Um, There's the Bechdel cast, which is where films are appraised on their, I mean, basically their treatment of gender. Yes. Uh, There was an incredible episode on Shrek, which completely... I mean, let's just say it changed my childhood perception of that film and made it a much more ominous prospect than maybe I realised at the age of 10. Fascinating listening and really funny as well, but that's an excellent podcast. And then you've got The Rewatchables, which is about films that deserve revisiting as well, so a bit like Little White Lies Film Club. You've got The Director's Cut, which is um, a podcast from the Directors Guild of America where directors interview each other. So you might have Christopher Nolan interviewing, I don't know, Oh, gosh, I wish I could remember an episode off the top of my head now. But basically, they interview each other about a recent film that one of them has done. And that's really fascinating. Some of them are atrocious interviewers, but other other times they have really interesting discussions. You've also got Film Riot, which is about how films are made. So about individual aspects of film production. We've talked about soundtracking with Edith Bowman which is all about, you know, film scores. um, And that's a really, really wonderful podcast. Um, Show Me the Meaning, which talks about cultural significance and deeper meanings within films, which, as we've said, is a really, I think, fascinating utility of podcasts, basically getting to the the point where, you know, the layman on the street would switch off, but the obsessive want to go deeper and continue. And podcasting allows for those Mm -hmm. tunnels to really open up. So... My point being, listing these off, not only to appease people who maybe would want them mentioned, but also just to highlight the fact that it's not just what do I think of this film, it's that there are so many ways to approach film and TV, which people are exploring in podcasting, and I love it basically so there is a podcast (laughs) after all of this because it just reminded me of it i haven't listened to this for so long in fact i don't think it's in my feed right now because i've switched podcast apps so many times um how did this get made yes yeah 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 which again a bit like the flop house deals with really bad films (laughs) but i remember probably about a year and a half ago listening to the last episode of that i listened to and finding it really really funny so there you go yeah at the end of our film and tv special after announcing that i didn't listen to any film and tv podcasts <laughs> i've remembered a film and tv podcast that i listened to about a year and a half ago and probably need to revisit beautiful oh one more i forgot to mention was on. i was there too which is um one that i think has stopped but come back it's about people who were extras in films and played small roles about Brilliant. their experience being on the set there's a really good one with paul f Tompkins about their will be blood where he talks about daniel lewis sitting there between takes going hmm, hmm, in the character of <laughs> i can't remember his name now oh fuck it daniel plainview isn't it but yeah basically really good podcast and really funny um cool yeah that's i mean that's basically all the film and tv podcasts that i know so i'm spent freds there are a lot of good ones there but if you have thought of one or you're sitting there kind of screaming 
at us right now, be it in your car, on the way to work, at home, doing the washing up, wherever you are, if you are screaming the name of a podcast, which we haven't mentioned, you can let us know about it. And we will we'll try our best to check it out. We're at episode underscore party on Twitter. Um, you could email us hello at episode dot party and you can also go to www.episode.party. You can't actually use our website to get in touch with us, but maybe you want to go on there and see all of our other episodes. I think that about does us, doesn't it, Jack? Yeah, great episode, great special. Yeah, well, thanks for introducing me to the world of film and TV podcasts. No problem. Notwithstanding the one I forgot about. Um, but I did find some enjoyment in that, and I've probably found at least one, if not two, podcasts that I will continue to listen to. So we'll chalk that up to a success. Love it. And uh, we're going to be back soon interviewing uh, other people. So if you're sick of our voices, don't worry, because there'll be other people on soon. And in the meantime, I'll be thinking of a podcasting genre that Jack hasn't delved into enough to try and return the favour. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.